This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we're starting our two weeks of Easter because it's Easter and I'm excited and it's going to be great. You know what? My team has told me that I sing almost every podcast and I did not notice that and I just did and now I feel silly. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop, but uh, I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> Do I really sing every time? Anyways, uh, so this week we're going to be talking about Lent because, yeah, it's still going on, everybody. Uh, and uh, we are in the middle of Lent. And, and how can we use the middle of Lent to help our kids see something of God? We're going to be answering the question. Well, my friend Annie is going to be answering the question of uh, what happens when you get a uh, next child added to your family and your toddler is struggling and telling them that Jesus gave us this new baby uh, we should love them. Is it working? How do we help our kids uh, express love when they're just one to poke their sibling in the face? And uh, we're going to do my Good Friday take because I think Good Friday is weird. And I also think it's significant. And how do we help our kids uh, make Good Friday something that's really, really significant for them? Because it's coming up. We got to think about these things. So first, Lent. Unwinding Lent. The actual thing. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. I just recorded this whole piece and then realized I hadn't pushed the button. <laughs> Lent. Uh, I know it's a bit weird to talk about Lent because we're in the middle of it, which is a sort of bizarre thing to do. But uh, I think this is the perfect time to talk about Lent because we all talk about Lent when it's all squeaky and clean and nice and new. And uh, and actually, I think Lent is really in the midst of it. Uh, I have to say, Lent is a bit of a problem for people who run conferences. <laughs> it was a nightmare. I ran a children's pastor conference uh, and I had not calculated that it would be in Lent. So one, really hard to communicate and advertise in the middle of uh, social media fasts. Because I was watching everybody who I would want to come to this conference going, I'm going on a social media fast. See you in 40 days, everybody. And I'm like, no, I need to be able to inspire you with social media posts. It was tough. Also, that everyone who showed up had various things they were giving up for Lent. So all of my tubs of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and posh chocolates that I had purchased not so much for people on Lent. So note to self, don't run a conference during Lent. Uh, But it's not just for people who run conferences, although that was something that I had to work through with Jesus. Uh, But actually, uh, Lent is something that is really interesting uh, for kids, particularly from a getting a right view of God perspective. Uh, Because it's not just one more thing to uh, explain to kids, which is important, and we'll talk about that later. But actually, our job as parents is to help them get a healthy view of God, a a balanced view of God. They'll never get a whole view, but to help steward their view of God and um, and help them see him more and more throughout their lives. Because kids pick up... um, 
information and they blend their experience and what they have at church and they put it together into a view of God and then try to interact with with that view of that lens that they see God through. And it's our job to help make that lens as accurate as possible. And if you want to know more about that, it's called the unwinding tool on the Parenting for Faith page. But I thought it was really interesting um, how Lent can impact how children view God. Because uh, if we're not careful, uh, giving up something for Lent, the concept of giving up something for Lent, can very easily, within a child's mind, be warped into um, thinking that God is about you having a joyless life. It it can be warped into... um, thinking that following God is about giving up all the stuff that brings me joy and living a small life. And we know that's not true. Um, But if we are going to expose them to 40 days of people giving up stuff, it's really important that we coach them through what that means. Because actually, you know, fasting is a a key part of our faith and a really um, interesting tool that God gave us, and we can really understand his heart through it. And uh, and to help our kids understand that means that they can really see God better. So if you, um, if you don't follow the tradition of Lent, or if you know what, you're just having a tough year and are like, I can't do it this year, it's absolutely fine. That doesn't mean you miss out on the opportunity to uh, help uh, steward your kids' views on this. Um, it's just really helpful to frame for them what is going on. Um, not just this is what fasting is and this is biblically where it's found and in these 40 days you know we look back to Jesus in the desert and all of those really important things so that you can explain to them where the tradition came from but but almost equally important equally importantly is the why behind it because the bible doesn't say fast for 40 days over lent uh christians said this is a really beneficial thing for our souls and our relationships with god and we're going to do this and the main question our kids have is why why are we fasting why does giving up something random help us draw closer to god why do we do it for 40 days as opposed to one day why why would god ask us to do that um why does fasting make us focus on God more or help us find a different aspect of him? Or why are we fasting? There's so many questions that kids have. And if we give them the answers to the why, what we give them is being able to understand the process of transformation we're on and see how our choices affect our relationship with God. If we only focus on the what, what we're doing is giving our kids um, an understanding of the behavior of religion rather than on the heart of relationship. And we want um, them to understand uh, how our choices impact our relationship with God. So explain that. And if you are doing the tradition of Lent, if you are currently fasting and giving something up for Lent, explain to your kids not only biblically what you're doing, but why you've chosen what you've chosen. I know people give up all sorts of things, chocolate and makeup and social media. And also, I know people (laughs) who give up all sorts of things that I'm thinking that is a really random thing to give up. But between them and God, they decided this is something I should do without for 40 days because of something significant that's going on between me and God. And so if you're giving up something, explain to your kid why you chose that. What are you hoping is going to happen in your relationship with God because you're going on this journey with him? 
um, what has he been doing? We're in the middle of Lent right now. What has he been doing in you? And what are your reflections on what what that transformation process has been? And even if you were going great guns for the first seven days and now and then it just was terrible and then you ignored it for eight and now you're like, maybe I should get back to it. That's a valuable journey for your kid to see that that sometimes we say, I'm going to do this and then it doesn't work out like that. And then we come back to God and say, oh, I'm feeling really ashamed. And then I know you shouldn't make me, I know I'm not supposed to feel ashamed. And oh, God, forgive me. And I really want to do this. And all all of that journey of success and failure and self-control and what God's asked us to do is so valuable for your kid to learn from and see. And so whatever your journey of Lent, explain the whys. Because what it does is unwind the view of God that he is a stringent taskmaster who wants to suck joy out of life. And actually, he is a God who takes us on journeys of experimentation and putting things down to show us something new of his heart and something new of our hearts that we may be more connected in the future. So have a really good Lent and some great conversations with your kids. For our question time today, we have this question. I just had a new baby and I'm so upset. My toddler boy is being very spiteful towards my new child. I tried explaining God gave him to us so we should love him, but it's not working. What should I do? Well, uh, I thought I would call my friend Annie Wilmot to answer this question. Annie Wilmot is a blogger. She has a blog called Honest Conversations. She's currently writing a book to encourage um, families of under fives in how to do faith and life at home together. She's uh, regularly on premier radio uh, as a parent and as a wise person. And so I thought I'd ask Annie. Here's what she said. Hello. Firstly, well done. Baby and toddler life is hard and it's tiring and you're doing a great job. I've often found with toddlers that the word should is quite tricky for them. It's easy enough for them to understand that we should put our rubbish in the bin so that we look after the world that God made. But when it comes to we should look after our sibling or we shouldn't hit our sibling, that's really hard when they become so frustrated that they can't feel that anymore I find that my kid just can't think about what he should and shouldn't do when his emotions are overwhelming him so one of the things we do is we talk feelings a lot so we talk about what's happening for him uh, what's his heart feeling so if he's if I can see that he's angry or frustrated I will ask him what he's feeling and ask him to describe it I might then say it it looks like you're feeling angry and what I do when I'm angry is I like to chat to God or shout into my pillow or sometimes I hit my pillow because it's okay to hit my pillow but it's not okay to hit somebody else or um, if they're feeling sad I'll say um, when I'm sad I like to cuddle a teddy or whatever else it is you like to do something that you actually do so that they can see you modeling how you process that emotion so equipping them to to have an outlet for those those overwhelming feelings another thing that um we've tried is to talk about family values so rather than keeping it all very specific to that sibling relationship talk about how as a family we're kind we love each other 
or whatever else it is that you want your family values to be and invite your kid in to help think about what those are going to be and what you want them to look like and talk about those when the good things are happening when they're being kind and say that's great that's what we do as a family um and I think with all those things actually talking about the feelings and the values it's really important that you do it all the time so that it's not just in those moments where it's fraught and the tension is happening but so that your toddler is getting used to doing feelings all of the time and starting to understand them better and be able to process them better um because I think being able to equip a toddler to to process that they're feeling angry because it's okay for them to feel angry and know how to deal with it is just an amazing skill that we can give to them um another thing that I've seen really transform my toddler actually is to talk about how their sibling feels so we talk about look how happy that made your brother that you did that for him and really get them to see what impact their actions have and just repeat that with the positives over and over again and then they can start to add in actually when something negative happens and and how that impacts them but just helping them to understand how their actions and emotions are impacting other people. Good Friday slightly weird because it's like the middle of a trilogy. <laughs> it's like the middle movie. It's it's necessary, it's central, but uh I find it hard to celebrate in isolation because like like without the beginning and the end, the middle can be powerful but isn't the whole thing. And so you want to sort of get to the end. You want to, you want to hear the fullness of the story. And what we're asking on Good Friday is to take the middle bit of a beautiful big story and, and celebrate just that moment to, to pause in the middle and celebrate a middle can be a difficult concept for kids to get. And, um, it's really important that we help them engage well. Um, and so we try sometimes different ways. Sometimes we uh, over-focus on the pain, the sacrifice, the mechanisms of crucifixion and how painful it was. Uh, but that can sometimes uh, disconnect kids because because we're essentially saying, look at the horrible thing you did to Jesus, which can make kids uh, disconnect, uh, sometimes out of shame, sometimes out of just that is not a fun thing to dwell on and kids will disengage um, quickly. Um, but what is a really useful conversation to have rather than this is the me- mechanisms of crucifixion and look at the pain that Jesus suffered for us. Um, wow, that's our fault. That sort of sense of fault and blame. Uh, it's more useful to talk to children about sin because we often, we rarely have really good conversations about sin with our kids. And this is a great opportunity to talk about sin. Not that sin hurts God, look how painful it is, but, but why, why this moment? Why are we here thinking about Jesus on a cross? Why was that necessary? And what does that mean today for me? And often it's really helpful for kids to be able to create a language, to have a language around sin and what that feels like. Because in everyday life, when we make mistakes, then then there's a clear process. You made a mistake, there's a consequence, and usually an apology. And that's sort of 
is the scenario. And so we sort of overlay that scenario spiritually, right? We made a mistake and, you know, you need to say sorry to Jesus and then we can move on. And and it becomes a, a sort of rote process. But actually, sin is more than just dealing with a consequence and having to apologize. Um, sin is something that clogs our heart and makes us run away from God and forms a blockage between us and weighs us down and gets our eyes on how many mistakes we make. Uh, and to create a, a concept for kids that, you know, we before Jesus came, we were trapped and isolated from God. And sin are those choices that break God's laws of love and the the heart cleanness that he um that he calls us to. And what does that feel like? What does it feel like when you make a bad choice and you know you made a bad choice? And there's something that we feel inside that is our awareness of our sin, our awareness of our bad choices, our awareness of that lack of heart cleanness. Um, What does that feel like for you? What does that feel like for me? And what does God do in response to that? To be able to share your stories of sin and, and what it feels like for you. How do you know that you... Um, need to ask for forgiveness from God? How do you know when you've made a bad choice and you feel like, no, that that was sin, that was sin? How do you know that? To create a window into your life to help your kids find a language and an understanding of, of that sin isn't just knowing that you did something wrong in your head, but it's also something that happens to your very being that can be cleaned by Jesus. And that's why he came. Because when we feel sinful when we make those choices, how disconnected we can feel from God, how separated we can feel, and how Jesus came to wipe that away and remove that so that we may be ever connected to God. And that's what he's doing right now on the cross. When we think about him on the cross, that is what we're thinking. We're seeing him provide a way for me when I'm curled in a ball, thinking I really, really messed up. He is inviting us out of the corner into relationship with God. That is huge. That is awesome. That is amazing. That is what he has done. And so to help our kids identify that within themselves and to identify what's the difference between shame and conviction and saying, yeah, you know, sometimes I I know, I know I did that wrong. And, and God just, I'm so sorry. And I don't want to do that again. I want to be different. God, thank you that you can just remove all of that sin and that fault from my heart. And that's one thing, but keeping beating yourself up about it and feeling shame and hiding yourself continually from God because we're embarrassed or we're being mean to ourselves and we're saying mean things over ourselves about that, that's shame. And that's that's not what Jesus has for us. And being able to have those conversations. Uh, so many times uh, when I'm dealing with children, uh, we help them restore their relationships. We help them come to God and, and sort of get clean from that. But then often we need to have a conversation about shame because they maintain and they cling on to disconnection. And that's not what God has for them. So talk about shame. Talk about conviction. Um, talk about how even the best people in the Bible had sin. And we can highlight to them that everybody needs Jesus. Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And why do I do what I don't want to do? And I don't do the things that I know I really should do. This constant frustration and understanding that we are all on a journey. And we are all trying to live out what Jesus has purchased for us, a a sin-free life. And that is something that 
he has provided for us because he knows we're going to make mistakes. But that doesn't mean we live disconnected from God. And we are so grateful. So use those sentences. Use when I make bad choices. This is how I feel and this is what I do. Or I am so glad I don't have to live with this on my heart because of what Jesus did. So when I'm feeling like this, this is what I do. Um, as you do Good Friday, don't forget the... Don't... As you do Good Friday, don't focus on the we are terrible sinners. Let your kids view and discuss sin and be in awe that Good Friday is the day that changed how we live forever. And that is an exciting day. And today's question is, if Jesus was on earth now, what would his favorite television program be? Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.